Hey there, trailblazing women. Mark your calendars for the Women Thrive Summit, happening March 18th to the 22nd, 2024. Join us for five empowering days of inspiration, connection, and growth. Unlock your potential with workshops led by industry leaders, panel discussions, and networking opportunities. Don't miss this chance to amplify your voice and thrive together. Visit womenthrivesummit.com to grab your tickets today. That's womenthrivesummit.com. Welcome to Women Thrive Podcast. This is where you'll get to hear incredible stories of female entrepreneurs, business owners, women from all walks of life. Myself, Raymond Jan, and my co-host Abigail will be interviewing incredible women, hearing inspiring stories of women from all around the world. I have no doubt that you will find something that will be life-changing for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join us for our future episodes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Women Thrive Podcast. My name is Abigail Rebecca. I am your host. Today, we are talking about being financially fabulous. What does that mean? We're going to find out about that today on our amazing podcast episode with our special guest, Pauline Kirk. Now, Pauline Kirk is one of our speakers. She's going to be speaking on our summit as we are recording this now, coming up next year. And Pauline is a financial empowerment coach dedicated to supporting women in being financially fabulous so they can live the life they were ultimately destined for. Pauline, it's so lovely to have you on our show today. Thanks for having me here, Abby. Could you share a little bit about what you do? Obviously, I've just introduced you there, but I'd really love to know in your own words, what is it that you do and how do you help your clients? So our mission is to empower women around understanding our money, whether it be through our money stories and the stories that we tell ourselves and how money makes us feel. And does money control us or do we control our money is one element. The second part is around how to be financially fabulous, like to a point, Abby. It's around thinking, what does financially fabulous mean to us? It's the same as the word success. We get to determine what that is. And too many statuses are out there about being a millionaire or a billionaire and our self-worth is tied to our net worth and our banks. And I'm really opening up the dialogue to say, hey, ladies, we need to look after ourselves. A man is not a plan. (laughs) And I love that tagline. And it's also around just being financially aware, the round that a lot of us are trading our time for money through our businesses, through our corporate lives. And we need to look after ourselves and protect ourselves for today and for tomorrow. And many of us aren't educated in this area. We're not taught it at school. And How do we then get educated? Who do we go to? Who do we trust? Because my own experience is the financial industry let me down. I had a very bad experience with my own financial advisor. And therefore, I really dedicated this space and a community to support women where we're not afraid to ask questions, where we're not afraid to, I call it, pay the dumb tax because I paid the dumb tax for a very long time. And I want to create a safe environment where women can come to a safe space and talk about how money how money makes them feel, and then the ability to do something about that in terms of the stories that we tell ourselves, that old story, we can create new stories around money, because a lot of that comes from our childhood. 
So between the ages of zero and 10 years old, our views on money is generally shaped for our environment growing up, our grandparents or parents' stories that tell us certain things like money is the root of all evil or rich people are certain things. And then it's around how we get to create new money stories based on our own experiences because we can change that narrative. So if we're someone who's always thinking a certain way around money, we get to change the narrative into something that suits us. And that's why I refer to it as financially fabulous. We get to control that narrative and we can play the victim or we can be the victor. We can be the warrior or we can be the warrior. Mm. Mm. Be the warrior or the warrior. I love that. I love everything that you've just shared, actually, Pauline. And there's so much that I want to unpick and so many questions that I want to ask you. But I'm sure that so many women can resonate with what you're talking about here. If I look back on my upbringing and my childhood, it was very much like being raised for a man to support me. And I wasn't even encouraged to work. Like as I got older, it's all about, right, okay, you need to find a good husband and he will support you. So, and I'm sure that there's so many women that are listening that can completely resonate with that. And even to today, even to today, I have conversations with friends and acquaintances that are like waiting for that knight in shining armor to come and sweep them off their feet and to solve all of their financial problems. And what I'm hearing from you is actually there's no one there to save us. Actually, it's about doing that for ourselves and to actually own that ourselves. Can you talk in a little bit more about that, about what that looks like? Oh, thanks, Abby. And I love the fact how you phrased it. And a lot of it stems from what I call the Disney effect. We've grown up with Disney as a child. If you look at the toys that we played with when we were children, if we look at the movies that we watched, the books that we read, none of it was around the woman being empowered to make her own financial decisions. It was around the woman was, to your point, the woman that looked a certain way, acted a certain way in a home environment to raise children and wasn't the empowered woman that we see today that can make those decisions for herself. And then that belief system has come through and no one's ever changed that narrative for a lot of us. If you think about it, if you look around to your point, most of us have spent time in this space where, you know, until Barbie recently came out, the Barbie movie, Ken didn't have a house. <laughs> Ken, Barbie looked after herself. And, and this is the narrative that we need to shift today in terms of women in a certain age group. I'm a little bit older. And it's around then it's what's the narrative that we've grown up with because those shifts are starting to change in society today. But certainly those narratives and those stories have followed us through for, for, for decades. And we have to change that narrative ourselves. To your point, Abby, no one is coming to save us. If you look at the divorce statistic today, 48% of couples are now not married today. There's no statistics around people that cohabit today, but the divorce rate is at 48%. Women on average are living six years longer than men. So at some point, we're going to have to take control of our future. And no matter where you live in the world, let's be honest, the government isn't going to come and save us. <laughs> so we have to look after ourselves. And many women give everything to their children. And the reality is, is that we look after our children, spouses, maybe aging parents. There's not a lot left in the kitty for us as we get older. Resonate with everything that you're saying. I'm just nodding away here. I mean, 
we are on the Women Thrive podcast and Women Thrive, as you know, is all about empowering women to share their voices and also really to for women to support other women and to really stand for our own sovereignty and to take responsibility for ourselves and take ownership for all of that piece, including the financial piece. You know, I always say personally that I believe that the world needs more financially free, visible, confidently expressed women because financial freedom means that we have choices. So when we have financial freedom, we don't rely on someone else for that piece of our lives. We can choose who we're going to live with. We can choose where we're going to live. We can choose what we wear. We can choose how we travel. It gives us so many choices. And I was, you were, you were talking about before about a lot of our many stories can come from our childhood, that beautiful, magical time before we're seven, where actually we look at the, we can form our opinions of the world. And a lot of our financial stories come from our parents and our grandfathers, our grandfathers, grandmothers grandparents, family, society, and I can certainly allude to that. What's your personal story around this? Like, why are you so passionate about the work that you do and your mission in this world? My story, thanks, Abby, is a little bit of an interesting one where I wasn't the woman in front of you today who is in a position where she doesn't have to worry about her money. I suffered from PTSD from my time in the military. I actually served in Iraq in 2002, 2003, and I had an emotional spending addiction. PTSD was never diagnosed back then. So for me, the only way to make myself feel great about myself was to literally tap on the credit card, dopamine hit, feel amazing, and then buy things that made myself feel good about myself on the outside. But inside, I was just not the person that was in the right headspace. I had no self-worth. I dated the wrong men. And I used to buy things just to make me feel great about myself. And that became out of control to the point where I had 10 credit cards, equivalent of £86,000 on debt. And I was also a guarantor for a property and a business. And I had to get myself out of that situation. And then I realized that I was too embarrassed and ashamed to speak to my parents I grew up in a household where we never spoke about money, no, nothing against my parents. It was just a conversation that never took place. And therefore, for, for me, I just felt like I couldn't have that conversation with my own parents because we never spoke about money at all. It was never discussed in our household. It, my parents never argued about it. They never spoke about it. I had no idea what my parents were earning. And therefore, for me, I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go. And I just felt like I was very much alone around how I get myself out of debt. And then fast forward, I got myself out of debt. Then it's around, I now have money. What do I do with it? Because no one sits there and says to you, hey, this is what you should do with your money. Now you have money. And this is where I'm, I had friends say, hey, go and speak to this financial advisor and they'll tell you what to do with your money. And I didn't know what. I walked into that room. I still remember it like it was yesterday, not knowing what questions to ask, what expectations to have. I literally just sat there, someone talking at me who was a very good salesperson. And I basically just walked out the room and gave him my money. And I didn't ask any questions because I didn't know what to ask. And unfortunately, that situation didn't work out. 
And then I was like, well, how do I know now to trust the next person because I trusted this person? And therefore, I spent the last 15 years educating myself around my own money because I believe there's no one better to look after our money than us. And it's around then the confidence to then go, right, now I have the confidence I educate and I understand it. Now I can have the ability to make my own money. What do I do with it once I have it? Because most of us leave it in the bank and the statistics show that. 71% of women today leave money in the bank because they don't know what else to do with it. They don't know where to go. And the finance industry, let's be honest, isn't set up for women with the jargon and everything else that goes with it. So I never had felt that it was you know, for me personally to go back and even years later to go and speak to a financial advisor, because I was like, I, I wouldn't know what to say to them. And if you look at the things that we put into in terms of commissions and bonuses, that's really how the finance industry make money. They sell us products that make them money and it's in their interests, not necessarily what's best for us. And we can see that through some of the fees that are charged. And I basically see, see that fees are the cancer of our retirement. We don't see them. They, they trickle away behind the scenes and then suddenly no one says at the end, hey, this is how much money you should have had. Everyone says, oh, congratulate yourself. This is what you have at the end without really understanding exactly what we're signing up for. And this is really me. I call myself the disruptor and I'm opening up Pandora's box to have these conversations so women have the confidence to go out and do something themselves, mm. whatever that may be, whether it be buy a property, whether it be invest in the stock market. It's just around having the knowledge and the confidence to go, wow, I can do that. I understand it. I know what I'm investing in because a lot of people invest in things they don't understand. And I also make sure that you have a life jacket. And the life jacket basically means access to an emergency account if you ever needed it with a bank account in your own name. Unfortunately, the one billion women, it's the statistics today, women do not have a bank account in their own name. They're in joint accounts. Now, the challenge with that is that if something ever happened in your relationship, whether it be loss of a loved one, whether it be through you gave up work and never went back, suddenly then someone else has control of your future and you have no way out and economic abuse is growing. Can we just take a moment here just for that statistic to sink in? I cannot believe that as we are sitting here in 2020, three, that one billion women do not have a bank account in their name. I'm so glad that you're a disruptor (laughs) and you're bringing this into light. I had no idea about that. I'm sure that a lot of women that are listening to this also would have no idea about that. And maybe someone is listening to this and a part of that statistic right and if seriously if you are listening to this and you're part of this statistic please go and open up a bank account even if you just put a pound in it just to keep it there please open up a bank account because this is really important stuff that we're talking about here Pauline I love I love listening to your story it's really interesting to hear how we can really worry about something and build it up and build it up and build it up and make it into such a big thing, especially debt and financial worry. And actually, when we are able to get that support and actually look at it in the cold light of day, 
with someone who is speaking our language and not the mansplaining financial jargon that we so often hear, which is an incredible strategy, right, for keeping women small and in our place. But when we actually get that support, it doesn't seem so huge. It's still an in- it's still something to be addressed and something that we need to manage. But I think what you were talking about, the worry, 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 and not being able to share that with your parents, and then actually when you addressed it, it's all doable. Everything's work about, workoutable, right? And I really love that you talk about, you'll talk about the inner work and you also talk about the practical education. And I'd really love to talk about this jargon, actually, because you mentioned it and I've also mentioned it as well. So I feel it's something that we need to talk about here. It still really is a man's world, isn't it? When it comes to any kind of financial institution, either managing our money, managing our financial situation, banking, investment. Can you talk into a little bit more about that and how you are disrupting the patriarchal structures that we still see around money and the possession and the knowledge of money. Thanks, Abby. I call myself the disruptor by breaking down exactly so it becomes jargon-free and I put it in language that we understand. And unfortunately, the finance industry purposely keeps us in the dark in these areas because it means then that we go and spend our money with them because we don't know any different. And it's, it's the same for men too. Unless men men aren't educated in this area, so it's not just a woman's issue, it's also a man's issue because a man also feels the societal pressure to be the provider as well, and he he has pressure as well. If the reality is that a lot of 56% of couples is a statistic where, oh, my husband does it all. So we also have to open up that dialogue around the fact that where's he investing the money and and we need to have those conversations as a household. So I call it financial date nights. And I appreciate it's a little bit off topic, but it's important for your audience who are listening to have financial date nights because number one reason for divorce is actually around money. So let's not make money taboo in a household and let's keep talking about money, what our goals are, what's coming in and what's going out, because that's the most important part as we actually have the communication in our relationships. Now, if I switch gears slightly and talk around jargon. This is the biggest challenge I see in the industry and they're not keeping it simple for us at all, which is why we go and give our money to financial advisors. Because quite frankly, if we understood it, we wouldn't feel the need for them. (laughs) And that's it in a nutshell. Not saying they're all bad out there, but they're there to do a job. And that job is to basically make more money for their employer, to create more money for shareholders. And that comes at a detriment to us. And if you watch a lot of movies, the spider's web's a very good one dumb money's just come out. And if you watch some of these movies that are coming out, they're actually showing exactly how the finance industry works and how everyone is in bed behind the scenes between governments and corporations and the financial institutions around taking money from everyday people and keeping these companies very wealthy. I mean, if I look back to my time in the UK, banks were being bowed out consistently. Would you have that in any other industry? Probably not. Did the taxpayers ever get a refund for the money they bailed out from the bank? No, they didn't. But did they? Did the shareholders still get paid? Yes, they did. Did the CEOs of the company still get bonuses? And so did all the directors of the companies? Yes, they did. So it's not set up in a way that supports everyday people. And for me, it's opening up Pandora's box around let's discuss around the fact that it's 
complex, but I like to keep things simple. So even I had a client and I explained to them the other day what a bond was, or in the UK, we call it guilt. Believe it or not, it's exactly the same thing. Yet again, the finance industry keeps it confusing. And I said, basically, you're loaning your money to a government. If you look at a government bond or a government guilt, you're loaning your money to the government and in return, you get some money back. So basically, you're like the bank for the government. And everyone was like, oh, wow, thank you so much for keeping that simple for me and explaining that that's exactly what a guilt or a bond is in a nutshell, in a very simple term, where let's talk about guilt and put it into very technical terms and language that we don't understand. And then we wonder why we lose money is because we're investing things that we don't understand. We, make, we hesitate, our emotions and the little voice comes out. And the next thing you know, we've cut our losses because we don't understand it. We end up losing money ourselves. And guess what? The same financial institutions end up profiting from our losses. So I always talk about even switching around the fact that when we talk about if we see red in the stock market, if we're in the stock market and we see red on bags, clothes and shoes, Abby, what does red mean? Sale. Exactly. So I want everyone to understand that if you understand what you bought in the first place, it's on sale. And that's just something since so switching the narrative to then go, well, something I bought is on sale. But most people see something lose money in red and people freak out thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to lose everything. And then they cash out and make a different decision rather than go, I understood what I bought. I know the ultimate reason why I bought this stock in the first place, for example. And now it's on discount. I'm going to buy more. And even something so simple as that to then reframe it to then go, right, I'm not losing money anymore because the most successful people, believe it or not, and Fertility did a study, is that people actually didn't realize that they had their in investing accounts anymore, that they forgot about them and they did nothing. Investing is actually quite boring, but people think it takes a lot of work because we're not educated in this area. And I say to my clients, half an hour a month, if that, if that's something you want to invest in is in the stock market, that's all it takes you. But you have to understand what you're investing in the first place is key. Having the life jacket, which I talk about, is basically an emergency fund in a high interest bank account that you also have access to at any given time in your own name. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, I was going to ask you, it's, a, it's quite a generic question, right? Because as you've just said, um, success has got different connotations for financial financial fabulous can mean different things everyone's going to be in a different position a different starting point if they were to come and work with you and address their own financial freedom situation what would you suggest would be some good first steps to start to get the ball rolling I know it's a very broad question but I'd love your input on that the first thing I would say is actually understand what you have in the first place, because most of us don't, some of us don't even know what's going in our accounts every month. And one simple trick I'll give and tip to give to your audience is to please delete the apps off your phone, because our brains don't even realize now that we're spending money because we constantly look at our phones throughout the day. So our brains don't even register now when we take our phone to buy for things, because it's just doing something that's repetitive in it every day now. So if your brain's sitting there thinking, I'm going to take some, my credit card or my debit card out and tap on something, my brain's sitting there going, wow, my, I'm actually spending money here. The challenge we have today is that most of us don't have any idea what's going in our account. We're just paying the bills every single month for a lot of us and we're just riding the wave because we're not thinking about it. 
I had my head in the sand for a very long time and it came to my finances. And I literally had to take a deep breath and go, right, breathe. And let's have a look at where I'm at. And that would be the first part I would say is actually understand what you have coming in and what you have going out. That'd be the first thing I'd say. The mm. second part I would say is that some people get into in thinking, oh, it's suddenly January and I need to start investing or I need to start doing something in terms of do I put all my money into property or do something? I would always say that you need the life jacket because your emotions then think differently when it comes to your finances because then it's thinking around, well, I actually have an emergency fund in my own name in a high interest account that I can access at any point in time. And therefore, I'm not going to keep from a psychological point of view, an emotional point of view, checking my account every five minutes, whether I'm investing in the stock market, for example. If I'm buying property, the last thing you want to do is put every single cent or every single pound and pence into, into that property for the deposit, because then you have nothing. You can't sell the garage <laughs> if you need access to money. So there's things that you can do, such as rent out rooms, for, for example, or rent out a car parking spot. There's things that you can do to change that. So that would be a couple of things I'd look at. One thing that's very simple and most people don't do it is actually looking at your bank account. Now, most people don't actually know the interest rate that they're actually receiving on their bank account. And just to put this into layman's terms, in a standard bank, you're lucky if you get half a percent interest today in your standard bank account. Now, that would take you 144 years to double your money. Now, if I was to move that into something like a 4 or 5% account, which we're getting today in the UK, for example, and certain parts of the world offer that today, then it means I can double my money in less than 20 years. I'm more likely to be around in 20 years than I am at 144 years. So the important things, and for a lot of people, it sounds like a lot of hassle, but making that small shift of going, I'm taking my money out of a standard bank account, you have to ask the bank to put you in a high interest account. They just don't do it. They're a business. So you actually have to contact the bank and say, hey, I want a high interest savings account, shop around, get the best deal and put money in there consistently because now we've understood what's going in and out of our account very month is the first comment I made. It's then making a commitment to yourself. It's like a habit. Every month I'm going to make a commitment to then say, right, X percent of my money I'm going to put into this saving account and you can talk about what that looks like in terms of saving investing. But the fact that you've actually made a commitment to yourself to spend for tomorrow, and this is where Financially Fabulous comes in, it actually starts with financial success habits. And most of us don't apply those habits. We spend everything first and then go, oh, I've got $10 left potentially, rather than go, right, I know what I need to live on every single month in a realistic way so I'm not just surviving. Then let's put that money aside. And therefore, then every single month, and I say a percentage because a lot of us who are listening are entrepreneurs. If you commit to a dollar amount and you don't have a good month, you break those habits very easily. If you stick to a percentage amount, it becomes easier because then you know that that percentage is sustainable. And it could start with 1%, but it's 1% is a consistently to then become the 3%, the 5%, the 10% and onwards from there. But it's around consistent habits that we can apply every single month or every single time we get paid and making that as part of our our routine, which is what's going to basically take us from where we want to be today and where we want to head in the GPS of our life. I love that. I love that tip. Use a percentage. Really, really good advice there. Because you're right. I mean, it as an entrepreneur, you might not get that consistent income every month. But if it means that you're going to stick to that and at least put the percentage away, 
I, I really love that advice. I could talk to you all day about money. It's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> and speaking to someone like you with your expertise and your experience and your know-how and your a practical application around it as well. We need to have more of these conversations. So we're really, really excited to have you on our stage in March. What are you most looking forward to, Pauline, about being on the Women Thrive stage? Learning from others around their own journeys and their own stories, because we're all here to learn and grow from each other. We've all had our own paths in life, and it's around how we can create communities, exactly what you're doing, Abby and Ramondo, creating women to thrive, because women are thriving everywhere. And we're not talking about it enough, whether it be for our finances or other areas of our life. And when we support other women in this area, it's such a beautiful space. So other women who are listening, who are not part of a community can get more involved and go, wow, she can do that. I can do that. And that's really what it's about is that there are, I always say success leaves clues. If you're looking to follow someone, follow someone who's who you're looking at to achieve and then support them on their own journey and look for mentorship. I look at people who are very successful in their areas already and I follow what they do. When people say to me, like, Pauline, like, I'm not very good with numbers. I went, you don't need to be good with numbers. I just study billionaires because they've already done the numbers. They already know which companies to buy. So why would we go away and do all this work? So most people in my community, we actually don't, apart from knowing what's going in and out your account every month, you don't have to actually know anything about numbers. But there's this feeling that, oh, well, to get educated around money, I need to know, I need to be good with numbers. I'm like, you actually don't have to be. So it's around then opening up the dialogue in this community that we're creating in this safe space, in this safe environment where women get to showcase their natural talents and gifts. And we can share that with the world and more people can watch and follow and grow and become a bigger community and even more amazing than we already are. Absolutely. Well, we are very excited to have you in our community and uh, for you to be a speaker on the Women Thrive Summit. So how could people find you, Pauline? Where do you hang out on social media, your website, et cetera? Where can people find out more about you and your work? So, thank you, Abby. So we have a website, www.fembestersglobal.com. We're also on LinkedIn. We're also on uh, Facebook and also on Instagram. And we will be moving on to TikTok soon. Oh, that'd be exciting. <laughs> Are you ready for TikTok? <laughs> I am. And hopefully the industry is going to be ready for me. So uh, we'll wait and see. I've actually had some some big finance companies reach out to me directly already. There's a particular wealth management company based in London who has a big office here in Singapore where I'm based. And I've already put some comments out there and they've already been in touch and said certain things. So I know I'm already making a name for myself in the industry around the fact that I'm opening up the the narrative that we need to be more financially astute when it comes to fees. And there's simple calculators. You can actually go online now and just go financial calculator and you can actually calculate fees and how much you're actually paying. So it's actually opening up a whole opportunity now with the internet just around actually really knowing exactly what you're investing in. Does that make financial sense and how much fees am I really paying? Because fees is our feature. And this is what I love about the age that we're living in now, right? Because there was a an elite group of people that had all the power and the knowledge and the resources and the money. And now we have this fantastic thing called the internet, 
where we can Google and we have fantastic leaders like you who can actually drop some truth bombs. So uh, yeah, here's to disruption, Pauline. Here's to disruption. (laughs) Definitely. Thanks, Abby. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you everyone for watching and listening. I would think that this interview has definitely left an impact. It certainly left me with some food for thought. And I would definitely go and check Pauline out, follow her business, follow her on TikTok. But when when she's on there, and please reach out if this if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us here at Women Thrive or contact Pauline directly on her social media. And yeah, we will see you again very, very soon on another episode of the Women Thrive podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Women Thrive podcast. If you found today's episode empowering and inspiring, be sure to subscribe and follow us. Better yet, leave a review and share it with others. We're committed to bringing you more stories that will empower and inspire you on your own journey. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep pursuing your dreams.